Hey friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. Oh, I know, I see. I keep saying content, and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy, they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sitap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my fashionable co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitap. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. All right, friends, we are so excited to bring you another Small Biz Founders episode. And this episode is sponsored by and brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge, which is a pledge to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. So I know a lot of you out there listening are small business owners. And um, not only are you a small business owner that wants to be supported, but we know you're also a consumer. You like to shop. I mean, who doesn't? So if you are looking to support other small business owners, head to shop1in5.com. You can shop, discover, and buy from small businesses there within the directory. And also um, take the pledge and share the pledge with your friends, your family, your customers, because it's important that everyone gets behind this movement to support small businesses businesses. So today we are doing a live episode um, into our groups online and we're excited to introduce Claire Duty. She is the owner and the designer of Copper Union. So welcome to the podcast, Claire. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you too. We're so excited to have you. So tell our listeners about your business. What do you sell? Uh, Copper Union is a plus-size apparel company based out of Portland, Oregon, and I do sizes 12 to 38, and um, we'll be celebrating our, my goodness, I know you two in math, my eighth year, (laughs) I had to do it quickly in my head, um, in April, so it's been, you know, a wild roller coaster, but I'm excited to celebrate eight years this year. Congratulations. That's so awesome. 
Yeah. And I love that you're like, she's counting up in her head. How many years have you been in business? Listen, friends, right. when you're alive, it's hard I to do the math. I did five, under five on my fingers. So you're good. You're in the, the right group there. You're in the right group. <laughs> All right. So, um, I, you know, you do beautiful clothing for radical fat bodies is actually what it says on your site. But you have such, when we met you and, and first discovered your business, like it was so clear in terms of your customer, who you were attracting. Cause while the garment sizes were, are, are, um, you know, it was about the sizing and the inclusivity of all bodies, but also the idea that you were so clear in your messaging and your branding and who you were attracting. And aesthetic. Cause, yeah. Cause apparel, we all wear different clothing lines. We all dress differently. Right. And so you have to, you, you weren't like, I'm going to make, you know, um, do you, do you call it plus size? Yeah, I call it plus size and, um, it's, you know, there's a lot of terms that float around. I tend to use plus size. People say extended sizing. People will say, um, you know, it's, it kind of is personal preference, but I go for plus size. Okay. I just want to make sure I use the, the language you're using <laughs> in terms of your branding. So plus size that, that, you know, a lot of people will say, I'm going to start a plus size line and I want to make plus size clothes for everybody. Um, but when you all go to copperunionapparel.com, you will see that she's so clear in her brand and her identity. So is this you? Like, do you dress like this? Is like the aesthetic yours or were you inspired by someone? How did you kind of come up with the, um, the look and feel of your brand? So it's kind of a combination. Um, when I was, I, studied uh, costume design and fiber arts in undergrad. And then I went on to doing jewelry design for about seven years. But um, fashion has been my passion, uh, as silly as that is, since I was a little girl and I always wanted to be a clothing designer. And so for me, um, growing up as someone who lived in a larger body, it was impossible, you know, in the late 90s to in early 90s to find things that were fun and me. And so I wanted to fill those gaps that still unfortunately existed even now. And um, so I'm, it's, it's kind of funny because in fashion school, it was ingrained into me. You are not your customer. Do not design for yourself. You're not your customer. And it's actually the exact opposite for me. Um, I did that for a while and really struggled in the first few years of my business because I was designing for what I thought people wanted or what I thought should, you know, that it should be. And then when I finally started leaking myself into it, that's when things exploded. So I am totally my customer. I am totally designing for myself. And it's funny when I even stray from that a little bit, um, those things won't sell. And then when I do things, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to make one because I wanted to wear it. That's when people lose their minds and want to have it. So I think it just is ingrained. And to remember and ingrained in me that like, yeah, I need to trust my gut all the time because that's what works. I love that. You know, when I first saw your brand, um, you were going, you're in the mastermind, you're also a multi-stream machine student. When I first saw your brand, I was so impressed with you. I actually had never seen it done in that way. Uh, we get actually plus size people all the time that do plus size and they look a certain way, they feel a certain way. Things I've always seen in the industry looks and feels a certain way. But when I saw yours, I thought, oh my gosh, she's really onto something here. You know, I was super impressed by that because you had like a crop top. And I remember it was like kind of like bib overalls, but a different fabric. And you pieced it together, like you almost like color blocked it. And it was really colorful. It kind of re reminded me of like Farm Rio in a different way, you know? And I, I 
I'm every day I'm on that site thinking, right. Oh my gosh. We just bought a dress too. And they were, at, I, you know, they had a inventory discrepancy, but so it, I, I thought she is really, she has an eye for what she wants to represent and put into the world. And it felt like it was so disruptive, you know? And so thinking about your business and, and it being eight years old, like when did that come? Like, has it been an evolution? Um, what did your business look like before? What does it look like now? Can it tell us about your journey? Definitely. It's definitely been an evolution. Um, and I think I was lucky that I had a really strong foundation in the arts. I went to a school that like, I literally was taking fiber arts in middle school. So I've always been in love with fabrics. I've always been in love with patterns and surface design and fibers. And so that's kind of my base where I come from that that's super important to me. And that's something that's not always seen in plus. I feel that, um, people, not people, designers, businesses think, you know, oh, well, they want dark colors. They want to be muted. And I'm like, no, I want the opposite. Like you, it's obviously obvious that I live in a larger body. So why am I going to try to cover it up with dark colors? Like, why don't I show it off in the way that I want it to? And so for me, when I started, um, I did the traditional, you know, collections. I released a fall winter collection. I released a spring summer collection that was following the traditional things that I was taught in fashion school. Um, and it just wasn't working and it wasn't working. And I was like, why, why am I like trying to force myself into this mold that, um, I butted heads a bunch in fashion school with trying to say, you know, this is what I want to do. Like they wanted me to have a size eight fit model. And like, my line doesn't start until size 12. Like it just was over and over again. And it was, you know, the traditional sort of things that everyone else was following. I'm like, this is not going to work for me. And so I started off with a wholesale model and, I could, I just could not get it to work. And then finally I decided to kind of turn my business on its head and do made to order. And that's when things really shifted. And that's when I was able to actually be more expressive and have more fun and find fabrics that I could, um, I use a lot of dead stock fabrics that are basically from designers that, um, it's from past collections or things that they haven't used. And so I kind of went off of that and then it, it created this little bit of, um, Something that doesn't exist in plus is like an actual one of a kind piece because I have walked into so many parties and I'm like, cool, she's wearing the exact same thing that I'm wearing because there's only two stores in town that we can find something fancy at. And so being able to create pieces for people that actually felt unique and felt individual um, was a big turning point for me. And um, as soon as that started going and actually working, um, I unfortunately ended up getting diagnosed with cancer. And that shifted everything because I had to stop working for almost a year. And when I came back, I was like terrified that no one would remember me. No one would care what I was doing. No one would, you know, think twice. And it was the opposite. Everyone was so eager and so excited. And um, that is, I came back um, about halfway through 2019 um, and then of course we know what happened in 2020. And so it just has been uh, an interesting adventure trying to adjust to that and trying to, especially with, you know, shipping delays and everything. It's just, I've definitely morphed and changed, but um, I'm super thankful that my customers have been excited and inspired along the way with me. So amazing. And yeah, I mean, your story and, and you brought your customers with you. And so how do you sell to people? Like what would be, what are, how, you know, are you an Instagram brand? I know you sell direct to consumer online. Like how do people know about you and discover you? Uh, 
it's a lot of Instagram um, and a lot of word of mouth, actually, because I have so many customers that will, uh, for example, like the Esther overalls are one of my best sellers and someone will wear them. And literally I will get within a week. Sometimes I'll get like four other people being like, oh, well, Julie bought these and was wearing them. And I saw them. So then I had to get them. And it literally is the old school, literal word of mouth, um, which I'm very thankful for. And it's kind of funny because like there's there's two ways that can go is like one will be like people don't want to say anything because it's a secret and you don't want them to know where it's from and <laughs> or they will like literally shout it from the mountaintops and um i'm thankful that most people will get up on top of that mountain for me hey friends are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails well what if creating content could be easy Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. I know, I see. I keep saying content, and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy, they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. I think people who are listening as small business owners are like, yes, can people please scream it from the mountaintops? And <laughs> and if you ever do have something you love, let people know because so many times we're trying to look for influencers, but they forget that we influence those around us. Like that's the original part of it. I mean, when, when Mina discovered the ice roller, it was because mm-hmm. a high school friend on Facebook just talked about her ice roller. She wasn't an influencer. She just yeah. influenced oh. Mina's purchasing decision. Sorry. Presents? No, you, oh, your you, friend okay. from high school. <laughs> You're like a huge influencer, Mina. <laughs> You're welcome, Ice Roller, for putting you on the map. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> totally joking over here. Yeah, uh, but it does start that way. And I think people forget that. Even when Claire was talking earlier, she was saying that, you know, she she started and it people didn't get it, right? And we we feel that a lot, right? People didn't get it. And then we start to get the people that get it. And then it starts to get bigger. And then sometimes it is slower, but then those people tell more people because especially in, in a, a world of like plus size, there's not a lot of people that are willing to push back against the norm. You know, like this is how it's been done. So when people find you, it's like, of course they would shout it from the rooftops because they've never had somebody in that way. They finally were able to finally get it from somebody. You know, they're like, Ooh, I got it. I feel this is so exciting. I need to spread the word. And it starts that way. So I think we all need to remember that some of us have friends and family. Some of us have those initial first customers, but really making sure that our messaging is really clear. So then people are able to kind of, you know, little by little 
and or big, you know, depending how big the, the influence is. But we all as normal people have, you know, as humans have a sphere of influence, no matter how big or small it is. So Claire, what would you say this past year, like your growth, you know, you're on your eighth year, what has helped with your growth? Even in like, we all, we know what happened in 2020 and you've gone through a lot of personal things and, you know, you've really um, had to isolate because of cancer and, and, and everything, you know? So what has happened during that time and how have you gotten through it? And what are you looking forward to for, for, for Copper Union? Um, so 2020 and 2021, uh, were definite fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants years. Uh, supply chain issues and shipping delays and everything. It was, I basically couldn't plan. I would basically go by whatever arrived in the mail next. And so it'd be like, oh, this fabric's here. It actually is, you know, unfortunately I couldn't go to LA where I do a lot of my sourcing and they couldn't go anywhere. And so I was having to order everything online and fabric would show up and I'd be like, uh, this is twice as heavy as it says it was supposed to be. Like it said it was a chiffon and it's more like a lightweight denim. Like this is not. So it just was a lot of kind of making it up as I go. And um, it forced me to be more creative and kind of think on my toes. But at the same time, like it was pretty stressful trying to constantly juggle that. And, you know, I could never actually plan of like releases and plan things because it just would kind of be, as soon as I would start to plan something, it would, everything would be a disaster and it would not happen. Um, so this year I'm excited at the end of last year, uh, I was actually able to finally go to LA, um, and do some fabric sourcing and get things. And so I can actually plan. Um, so for 2022, I'm just very excited to take the time to actually get back to, um, being able to figure things out and have a sort of schedule and have, ideas of where I'm going and what I'm doing rather than just kind of closing my eyes and wandering forward, which was what the last two years kind of felt like. Um, I don't know if that was it, you know, like when I see it, so that just goes to show you entrepreneurs don't give themselves enough credit. (laughs) You know, I think what I saw from you was that you innovated, right? You have this innovation that is integral to a lot of entrepreneurs, but you especially, because you've gone through a lot of things, you've innovated in an industry that innovation is highly discouraged. And um, and then you go through a pandemic and you've innovated more and more, even on the fly. You know, so I think that just embrace that, you know, Claire, you embrace that. Everybody else embrace that because that really has come from, you know, oftentimes times of crisis, you know, And you're resilient and you follow Mm -hmm. your gut. You know, I think that's the beautiful thing about you is that while you say like in a, you know, fashion school over here too, where it was like, don't design for your own customer. But I think really successful fashion designers have this sense of what's missing in the world from a creative standpoint and like how you're going to represent yourself through your clothes. And so I think successful people that are designers that can have their own uh, lines see that gap because listen, like we're all not going to come out with blue dresses or black dresses. Like, you know, you come out with a solid color. Cool. But what's the shape of the dress? You know, Mm -hmm. how does it show the body? And that's whether it's, you know, traditional sizing or plus sizing, extended sizing, whatever it is, tall, you know, petite, whatever. So I think there's, you innately had a sense 
of fashion and style, which is just amazing. And if anyone's watching live, you can see how fashionable she actually is. Um, but also, but you also follow your gut and you, and you, and you follow that through. So, um, what are you most proud of as a small business owner? I think making it to eight years. Uh, I wish, I wish that I could remember this, um, statistic, but my, so my father was a small business owner and he retired when his business was 20 years old. And I'm not going to be able to quote it correctly, but when he was at his retirement party, he was talking about these percentages and how much smaller the percentages of successful businesses that stayed in year, stayed in business year after year, got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And, um, I have unfortunately over the past two years, watched a lot of businesses, you know, cease to exist or have to change completely or lose their employees or so many different things. And I was super fortunate that my business grew because people were staying at home and people wanted, um, one of my big things is sweatpants overalls and people were obsessed with them because everyone was at home and cozy. And so, um, I am literally living my dream that I've had since I was, I can't, I started sewing when I was eight and I'm 37, so almost 30 years. And I think that's what I'm most proud of. And I think that I'm most proud of the fact that I can completely reinvent and keep uh, trying to figure it out and moving forward in a way that is true to me and true to my morals and my dreams. And thankfully, my customers uh, believe in that as well. So good. And my last question to you, and you are a student of multi-stream machine and you are working with us closely in our mastermind, which is an application only, you know, thing, but when we're so honored to work with you, but what advice would you give to another small business owner? Um, I would, uh, what I always say to people is do it the way that feels best for you. Don't listen to the way that you're supposed to do it or the way that, you know, a book tells you to, or the way that, um, you know, something might tell you that this is the only way it can happen because I'm here to tell you that like, I, I didn't listen to my teachers. I didn't listen to the people that said, you know, don't go online. You're going to destroy your business and all different sorts of things. And, um, I mean, saying all of that, I'm like, I do listen to you too. I was going to (laughs) say, I think pick and choose, you know, we all have our, our own filter and, and I think fits that, your life. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I love that because you do have to do, I mean, a self-evaluation is what Jenny Jay called it in our, um, listen to me trying to be really, I'm, I'm trying to be cognizant, uh, cognizant. Oh my God, that word. Can't say that word either. <laughs> Can't say that word. So of name pronunciations too. So I think that self-evaluation, she talked about it in the previous uh, interview that we just did. And it's so true. You know, you have to do what's best for you and y- your business. Um, and I love Definitely. that. Yeah. I think that as much as I say, don't listen to other people, it's like, find the people that you want to listen to. And I'm glad mm. that, you know, I was very thankful to find you two through Annika and especially with Jacqueline having a background in fashion. Like I knew that you would understand where I was coming from immediately. Like I, I had my, my dad was my small business consultant for a while. Cause after he retired from his company, then he did that. And I actually fired him. Cause I was like, you don't know, you don't understand fashion and you don't understand my margins and you don't understand all this. And I can't, ex- I can't like explain this to you. So we need to, I'm firing you. So <laughs> it's, I'm very thankful to be in a place that I'm like, oh, I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to defend what I'm doing or my reasons because, you know, obviously Jack will be like, oh yeah, that's, that's how it is. Like, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think it's, 
yeah, finding your niche and finding who will support you in the way that you want to be supported is the best. I love it. Great advice. So how can people discover support and shop from you? Definitely. So I'm on Instagram, uh, which is Copper Union. I am on TikTok, which is Copper Union as well. I'm on Twitter. Don't try to engage with me on there because I don't know how to use it. Um, And uh, my website is copperunionapparel.com. Amazing. Thank Thank you you so much, Claire. Claire. You're such a joy. Thank you so much for being on here with us. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this Small Biz Founders episode. We will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive. And we are all about helping each other in the product boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the Shop One in Five Pledge and Small Business Shopping Directory. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. So head to shoponeinfive.com to take the pledge. And friend, while you are there, check out and shop from hundreds of small businesses in the Small Business Shopping Directory. It's the go-to directory to discover, support, and shop small businesses all in one place. Head to shop1in5.com.